Have you ever wondered what it's like to sit in on a magazine editorial meeting? Well, this is your chance. You're listening to Salt Lake Speaks, a monthly podcast where our editors, writers, and staff dig deeper into stories, chat with newsmakers, and talk amongst ourselves about arts, culture, food, music, politics, or whatever else might strike our fancy. After all, we are Utah's biggest fans. I'm Mary Brown Maloof. I'm Glenn Warchel. I am Christy Marcy. And we're Salt Lake Speaks. Hi, thanks for joining us on Salt Lake Speaks. I'm Mary Brown Maloof, editor and longtime food writer for Salt Lake Magazine. Today, we're talking to Michelle Corgliano, executive director of the Salt Lake Area Association. We're just going to call it SLARA today. And we're talking about Utah's Zion Curtain. The Zion Curtain, the seven-foot-tall barrier to prevent restaurant patrons, especially children, from seeing alcoholic drinks being mixed, was part of a package of liquor laws introduced some years ago by Rep. John Valentine. It's been a controversial issue ever since. Um, So, Michelle, first, why don't you tell us what SLARA is and how it's involved with the push to tear down the Zion Curtain. Okay, so the Salt Lake Area Restaurant Association is a restaurant association that mostly has independent restaurateurs in the Salt Lake Area. So we represent a very niche niche part of the restaurant community. And so this Zion Curtain is a huge deal for us. We have representatives up on the Hill talking to the legislators, um, helping uh, come up with ideas and different strategies on how to get this Zion Curtain down, which I'd like to mention that the Zion Curtain is taller than Carl Malone. Did you know that? That's a yes. fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what is it? It's like seven foot, three inches two, or two yeah. inches, right? Yeah. I don't know why that was the height. It always seems those two inches seem arbitrary. Um, why do the restaurant and bar owners, particularly in this independent restaurant niche, want the Zion Curtain to disappear. What is so wrong with it from the restaurant's point of view? Well, that's a, that's the biggest question of all, right? So this law was put into place to try to prevent kids from seeing drinks being made. Does that really prevent kids? We could talk about that till kingdom come. Right. But for the restaurateurs, not only does it take up part of their restaurant, um, but managers and owners cannot monitor what's going on behind that wall. So where the DBC wants to make sure that everything is metered, um, that the employees aren't drinking on the job, and all of these things. They can't watch anything that's going on when the employees of bartenders go behind the Zion Curtain to mix a drink. Then you go into, it takes up bar space, it's not attractive, and then the worst thing of all is that the perception for visitors coming in from out of town just puts a negative light on Salt Lake, and we get a ton of tourists. So it, it and to go back into does it really prevent kids underage drinking? Um, we don't believe that's the case. We think that there are more effective things. Right. There are no studies proving that this no. actually has any kind of effect. No. From the consumer's point of view, I think not seeing your drink mixed calls into question whether they're using the liquor you specified or mm-hmm. not. And getting roofies. Whether somebody, somebody's putting roofies in your yeah. drink if you're a single woman at the bar. And so there are safety issues and 
and uh, consumer issues well, as well. Well, and lack of customer service. Right. Um, one of the biggest things, too, is to monitor over consumption. Um, bartender, there's a lot of physical cues to make sure someone isn't drinking too much. They look in their eyes, they see if they're slurring, they see if, you know, they're moving funny. And that can't be done when the bartender isn't there. They don't know if um, someone sitting at the bar is drinking the drink next to them. And, you know, there's no right. way to monitor that. Pulling out a flask, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, poll after poll's shown that Utahns are in favor of removing the Zion Curtain. I think the last one was conducted in January by Dan Jones and Associates, everybody's favorite um, poll taker. <laughs> he surveyed six, they surveyed 605 registered voters, had a tiny margin of error. Um, it was a poll that the Salt Lake Tribune and Hinckley Institute of Politics commissioned, and it says 73% of residents oppose the Zion Curtain. And that opposition uh, crosses all kinds of uh, political and uh, gender and even the all-important in Utah religious lines. So 63% of very active, self-described, very active Mormons oppose the Zion Curtain. So it sort of raises the question if the 63%, that's clear, uh, a, a number of, of, of Mormons who, who don't want it, and poll after poll shows that uh, uh, 73% of the people of Utah don't want it. So why do we still have it? Who does want it? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, you know, I think um, that there are different factions of people in Utah that think that it is effective. Do they go into bars to see what it's like? Not sure. Do they go into restaurants and see a bar there? Not sure. I mean, I, I worked with a gentleman that um, when I mentioned that we were going to go, he said, where do you want to go to dinner? And I said, um, Red Rock. And he goes, oh, no, my wife never goes to restaurants that you could see the bar. So are those the people that actually think that the Zine Curtain is a good idea, people that don't even visit the establishments? I, I mean, I think it is pretty clear that there are so many other things that we could do to prevent underage drinking and drunk driving and overconsumption this actually, I think, makes it worse. And so the people that I think want it up, I think that there are certain people that want any kind of um, prohibition. And I, to, truthfully, and I don't mean this disparagingly, but I think that there are some people that would just rather nobody drink at all. At all. Yeah, that everybody never drinks. So, you know, to that end, it's probably... And yeah, that's, uh, the state owns the liquor business and they make all the money from it. And uh, is that not correct? And, mm -hmm. um, and they're making tons of money. So, it is a profitable so, venture. <laughs> right. So they don't really want to just close down the whole business entirely. Well, I mean, we're all adults and it isn't illegal to drink. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and it is part of, you know... People that love fine wine, they're not going out to dinner and ordering a nice bottle of wine to get drunk. It is part of the experience, obviously. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the state knows that it is a viable business, that it is necessary because we're all adults, but they want to put some restrictions on it to prevent unnecessary deaths, unnecessary harm to people.
So Slara has uh, people up on the at the Capitol talking this through with various legislators. Yeah, and, and stuff. you know, I have to say that our experience with legislators in this issue has been very positive. I know that, you know, the liberals in Utah or even moderates in Utah look and go, gosh, never, nothing ever gets done and it's so impossible and they're just going to put out legislation that we don't like. In this situation, the two legislators, uh, Senator Stevenson and Brian Wilson, well, Brad Wilson, sorry. I keep thinking he's a beach boy. Right. But it's Brad Wilson. Um, have been, really have gone over and above to talk to everybody involved to hear what they have to say and what suggestions on how not only to take the Zion Curtain down, but to create legislation that is going to be good for Utah, that um, is fair, and that limits, you know, bad right. drinking. Yeah, I, rem I, I loved that quote from uh, Brad Wilson, who said he felt like there was a kind of kumbaya feeling up at the Capitol about about proposing a bill to take down the Zion Curtain, which called up an image of everybody swaying and all the hands. But um, that, that but I, I doubt it's that I doubt it's that amicable. Um, but still, um, it sounds like a very simple thing. It's it's a translucent wall that's been constructed in most bars, and so it sounds like. Tearing it down would be pretty simple. You just get a big axe and smash the thing down and shake up some martinis. And um, but that, I understand that used to cost like five to ten thousand to put up. I mean, it oh, was expensive I, to build I, those I, things. Yeah, I know to put to put them in, and um, and still some people didn't have to anyway. But uh, <laughs> but this sort of simple project has mushroomed. I understand into a hundred and fifty page bill. It's bound to say something besides, let's tear down the design curtain. What else is in there? Do okay. you have any idea? I know it sounds scary, but it really isn't scary. I think that the things that they're going to put in place, because it was give and take, and we did have negotiations and suggestions, and they were very open to listening to what would work and what couldn't possibly work for business owners. So. One of the biggest things is that they're going to put more um, control over supermarkets and convenience stores that sell beer. So there's a big chunk where it's not... That's still just 3-2 beer, though, right? That it is. can be sold in convenience stores. It is. But, you know, when kids are going out and using a fake right. ID to buy beer, they're not going to... Ruth's Chris. Right. You know, they're going to that. So they're putting more controls on the sale there. So that's a big part of it. Right. Um, another big part is that, you know, right now we have so many licenses and it's very confusing for tourists. So they come, this is a club, this part's a club, but this part's a restaurant club, and this is a right. restaurant. And so they're um, consolidating those so that there is a very clear distinction between a restaurant and a bar and a club, right? So um, parts of the restaurant license will be that kids can't sit within 10 feet of the bar. They can walk by, but they can't be seated there. If there is certain limitations on restaurants already, they can get a... Um, like a buy from the DABC to be able to change it if it's impossible. 
but that's right, one because I can think of a lot of very small. Yeah, we have a lot of small owner-operated restaurants in this yeah. town, where if you sat ten feet from the bar, you'd be out on the sidewalk. <laughs> I so, know. and yeah, so those restaurants will be able to present to the DABC, and they they will get the dispensation for that. Um, this kind of I wonder what it's going to be like. Is you're going to walk in and have sort of this. Um, one area perhaps with families and noisy children. I can see patrons saying, you know, please don't sit me. Sit me within 10 feet of the bar so that <laughs> I'm not over there with the noisy children. And I get my drinks packets. faster. <laughs> right. So it's going to, it seems a little um, odd, and I wonder how it's going to affect um, uh, design and construction of new restaurants mm -hmm. um, if how they're going to have to adjust their construction so that there is a space for families to be able to sit. Mm -hmm. It seems like they would run into mm -hmm. some additional expense there, much as they did with the Zion Curtain. So mm -hmm. that's one of the, we'll ha I guess we won't know until yeah. we start to do that. You know, when I first heard that, I told our people, no way, that can't be. But the more you get used to it, it really, it's rough. But it's reasonable, okay? People, and it's better than the Zion Curtain. Right. That's the thing, because we're all trading off from from that point. Right. right. Yeah. Um, clubs is still going to be where 21 and under cannot come in, or 20 and under can't right, come in. Right, right. Um, if you sit at the bar in a restaurant, you will have to have your license scanned. Right. Um, intent to dine is still alive and well. So if you go to a restaurant, you do have to order food. Something. You do. That's, all, that's again, been one of those murky back and forth yeah. things. A dish of peanuts doesn't count. Right. Or there's a certain, it's, it's hard to say, but yeah. yeah. But it distinguishes a restaurant. I mean, I think if someone wants to go out and get a drink and they don't want to eat, then the club. Then club they go is, to a bar, a yeah. club. Yeah. Right, right. But so you'll see uh, what? sort of telescoping in some of these categories that uh, will be one or the other. You said one they're going to the get rid of a lot of the... Yeah, there's a dining club that won't be anymore. So it's right. either club or restaurant. And okay. you have to choose what you are. All right. The other one that sounds a little um, uh, ominous, perhaps, for small business owner is the increase of liability, uh, the dram, so-called dram shop mm -hmm. law. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so where restaurant owners or bar owners will be responsible if someone's too drunk and they get in a drunk driving accident or hurt someone, right. is that the one you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, and then the bar owner is responsible for over-serving. Over yes. Well, I looked into that before I came in, <laughs> and there has been no mention of anything okay. in the bill. All right. So. All right, it was one of the things that I read in, in the news in a news story, so. Yeah. You know, I, I think that restaurants and bars are very aware of that, at least here in Utah, in Salt Lake City. Um, they're aware, they know, I mean, even if it isn't a law, they're still, they, you never know what kind of liability comes. So there, I think the restaurant owners that I've talked to are pretty um, conscientious of that, not letting right. people leave wasted. Right. Well, I, I mean, there are dram shop laws in lots of states. Yeah. In Texas, where I used to live, dram shop laws. And they apply to host, private hosts and hostesses as well. So um, thank goodness Uber and Lyft came along, huh? <laughs> you know what? 
People underestimate how that has affected so much of our life. Kids today, millennials, right? well, over 21 millennials, they never take a car downtown. They take Uber all the time. Everybody that I know. Right. They don't have to park. They don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. sobriety as much. um, Because that's another thing I thought. They were discussing lowering the uh, alcohol level in your blood that would... um, Determine whether you were drunk or sober, right? Yeah, so, so lower. 0.05 rather yeah. than 0.08. So I don't know if that's going to go through. What I do know is if you are impaired now, even if you're 0.05 and you get pulled over because you're driving impaired, you can still get a DUI. So that law, I, I, I don't know if it's going to go through, but I don't. it's not really necessary because people can still get pulled over for drunk driving under 0.08. Right, right, okay, all right. Um, So bills have come and gone and come and gone about the Zion Curtain, and I know a lot of people are skeptical about this this particular effort. Um, Do you think this is the year the Zion Curtain will finally come down? Where's your money? Let's make it interesting. That's good. You know what? I'll make make a bet. I'll make a $100 bet I'll go through. That it'll get through. All right. I think it will. I mean, they've been really reasonable on this. And I think that um, it would be great for our state. Oh, yeah, it would be great. It would would undoubtedly be great. I mean, our tourist economy depends on, on... someday being Utah being perceived as a place where you can get a cocktail and despite the best efforts of all of our tourist groups and convention groups and agencies that's still the first thing can you get a drink I was just asked it this weekend can you get a drink in Utah (laughs) yes you can yes you can Listeners, if you'd like to weigh in on the Zion Curtain, we're conducting an informal poll on saltlakemagazine.com. Log on and let us know what you think. And if you want to keep up with the progress of this bill, go to Slara, that's S-L-A-R-A, on Facebook, and uh, they'll be posting updates uh, when this bill is actually going to be voted on, and you can go be an activist about it, get out your signing, and go up there. Thank you, Michelle. This is Salt Lake Speaks, a podcast produced by the editors and writers of Salt Lake Magazine. You can hear this and other podcasts at saltlakemagazine.com slash podcasts.